Let us pray. O God, you alone are our judge. Send your spirit of truth to expose our self-deception and challenge our complacency so that we may surrender to your mercy and follow your will through Jesus Christ, our liberator. Amen. Our first reading is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Our second reading this morning is from the book of Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 7, the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth below, or that that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the inequity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the one thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. A number of years ago, I was at a local local assisted living home seeing some clients. It was a stormy morning. The wind was blowing enough that the trees were shaking. The thunder was booming. Bright lightning was flashing. While I was quietly doing my best to calm, soothe, and relax my client in his room, just outside of his room, in the hallway, I could hear the familiar chant, of another resident in memory care. The elderly woman had the habit of pacing back and forth in the hallway the whole time saying, help me God, help me God, help me God, help me God. It was just then, at that moment, the power went out and the building got dark. Without missing a beat, the little lady's chant got louder and more high-pitched as she explained, oh my God, At that moment, I laughed out loud, and I remember telling that story to others that day, and it made them laugh out loud. The little lady most likely didn't know that I had laughed or that I had used her story, but I do know I've never forgotten it. A couple of things I find interesting about that story is although this woman had memory issues, She was still calling on her God, her Lord and Savior, to help her. Yet when the chips were down, the lights went out, and she just kept right on asking or commanding for God's help. A statement, and she said, you know, help me God, help me God. And then in a moment she said, oh my God, a statement of surprise and fear. Was she using the Lord's name in vain? 
I don't know. That's not for me to judge. I would like to think that the little lady was not going straight to hell for her expression of, oh my God, when she was startled and frightened. Perhaps she meant it as a prayer. Perhaps she was just on autopilot and the words came out without her even thinking about it. The third commandment says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. When we read through and listen to the list of Ten Commandments, we need to remember a few things. According to the book of Exodus, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on two tablets of stone on Mount Sinai to confirm the moral principles of the covenant between God and the Israelites. These commandments were given to the people to share, to shape, and order their world. The first few of the commandments talk about our relationships to God. The rest of the commandments talk about our relations to our neighbor. We need to do things in sequential order. When we are in harmony with God, then and only then can we do right by our neighbor. Things must be in order between us and God before things can be in order before you or me, and our neighbor. My good friend Catherine, a devout Catholic, and I walk around Ice Lake four or five mornings a week. I usually try out my sermon ideas on her. I get plenty of feedback. When I talked about the Ten Commandments, here's what Catherine said by heart. I am God. Honor my name. Honor my Sabbath. Honor your mother and father. Maybe that's all she could remember, but you get the idea, idea of, of the commandments and the hierarchy of their importance. Remember, everything starts with God and goes from there. We are to glory, glorify, and enjoy God, not use God's name mischievously. Like there's a country song by the artist Toby Keith that goes something like this, and it's Paycheck Friday, weekends here, Good God Almighty, baby, let's get drunk and be somebody. The third commandment says, do not use the Lord's name in vain, if it were only that simple. Think about what we use for common phrases, oh my God, or when we're texting, OMG, or good Lord, or we use the Lord's name to curse, or we might Pretend we're not using the Lord's name to curse, and we might say, gosh darn it anyway. Or my little mother, her favorite expression was, well, my God, Sam. I asked her one day, Mom, who is Sam? What does that mean? She said, well, my God, Sam. It's better than saying a cuss word. On her tombstone, you will see, after her name and all of that, at the very bottom it says, my God, Sam, have you started your bucket list? You know, I wish we wouldn't have done that. What we were doing there was using the name of God for our gain, probably for my gain. I wanted people to remember that my mother was fun-loving, she used that expression, and probably deep down I wanted them to think, that I was clever for remembering to put it on her headstone. 
It would really be easy not to break the third commandment if all we had to do was stop using the Lord's name in, gain, in vain. Vain means hollow, empty, wicked, insincere, frivolous. We need to be reminded of the mindset of the Orthodox Jews in the Bible concerning the name of God, as well as many other translators centuries before before Jesus, before the invention of the printing press, when the scribes would hand copy the word of God. Every time they would encounter a name of God, they would rise up from their work table, go and wash, change their clothes, pick up a new quill that had never been used before, and then proceed to write the name of God. This they would do every time, sometimes up to two and three times in a single verse. That's how respected and revered the name of God was to those people. My mother's sister, my Aunt Bernice, when she would write us a letter and she would say something about God, she would always make a capital G, a slash, and a capital D. She would never write out the name of God. And I always wondered about that, and now I realize that was out of respect. You see, the way we use God's name conveys how we really feel about God. When we misuse God's name, which includes breaking promises, telling lies, or using God's name as a magic formula, really, it comes down to anything that benefits us and not God whenever we use God's name for our own benefit. We are ambassadors for God. We are representatives. We are image bearers. We want to represent God well. We need to have reverence and respect. There's a difference between what we do in God's name and what we do with God's name. We are charged with representing God. If someone asks you to pray for them, or you hear someone saying, you know, I'm going to have surgery on Wednesday for my back, and you say, I will pray for you, you better follow through on that and not just misuse God's name for something that looks like you're a good person and you're going to help this person. Maybe instead of saying, I will pray for you because you may or you may not, you may want to say, I just prayed for you if you had, have done that, or let's pray about this right now. Amen.